Back in 2014, as Google acquired a research lab, an AI research lab called DeepMind for over $500 million, which at the time was a huge amount of money for an AI research lab, the race toward AI started. They gave the actually chance to OpenAI to come to life. Indeed, OpenAI started as a, an AI research lab back in 2015 and 2016. It opened up through the financing that came from various wealthy business people, among which Elon Musk, Red Hoffman, and Sam Upman, which would eventually become also the CEO of OpenAI. The interesting part is OpenAI started as a research lab with the assumption that everything that DeepMind and Google were going to do was going to be closed research into the AI space. And since the belief of those people who started OpenAI was that AI could be such a powerful and transformational force in society that keeping it closed would be actually too risky and having it into an organization like Google would be risky as well. They started with the research lab with the main aim of actually show the, res the results and the research into AI. That's how OpenAI started. Now, the interesting part is things changed quite drastically over the years because as OpenAI started to work on what are called generative models, this research in 2016-17 speeded up as a new paper came out with a new architecture, which was called the paper Attention is all you need with the architecture, which was, which was called Transformer Architecture or Transformer-based architecture. Now it was finally possible to actually train those language models and to make them viable at larger and larger scales. However, there was an issue. In order for, in order for those models to actually work and show much more incredible capabilities, you need to scale them up. To scale them up, you needed a few things. First of all, a supercomputer. And you needed the kind of infrastructure that only a few players would be able to provide. And a second point was you needed a large amount of data. And a third point is you needed to train them on a large amount of parameters and you know for as long as you could to make them work and then of course there are other aspects which I explained in previous episodes about you know fine-tuning prompt engineering and in context learning but for now let's focus on the supercomputing side because this changed the whole story so as those uh, large language models became viable at uh, larger and larger scales computational powers was needed and that was the beginning of the relationship between OpenAI and Microsoft back in 2016, when really Microsoft Azure became already the primary, the primary cloud and machine learning infrastructure on top of which OpenAI would build its new products. So that was the initial stage of the relationship between Microsoft and OpenAI. That was the initial, let's say, bet that Microsoft put into OpenAI because it was providing the computing power needed to OpenAI to actually keep scaling up its own language models. Things actually tightened up when in 2019 and with the first releases of GPT, uh, OpenAI realized that it needed way more resources to actually keep improving its own language models. 
That's why at the time, OpenAI transitioned from a non-profit organization to an hybrid structure, which I explained in previous episodes. And now with this hybrid structure, uh, it created an OpenAI LP, which could go to the private uh, market and actually ask for, for funding. Among the various rounds, it was actually the partnership with Microsoft, which tightened up with Microsoft putting a billion dollars into the partnership. This billion dollars was used especially to actually enhance the computing infrastructure that would be needed to OpenAI to keep operating and uh, keep improving its own products while on the other side actually enable uh, OpenAI to serve its own APIs to whatever wanted to plug into GPT-3 going forward, which would be released eventually in 2020. Now, fast forward 2022, the interesting part is things got even more interesting as the partnership between Microsoft and OpenAI might actually get even tighter with Microsoft in talks to invest 10 billion into the partnership and it would actually recoup those 10 billion through an agreement where it might get 75% of the profits that OpenAI generates in the future until it recoups this 10 million and then after it's going to get 49% of those profits until uh, 10 billion investment is uh, actually you know fully recouped and uh, then Microsoft can get a maximum of 100x on top of its investment which is the reason why OpenAI has transitioned this toward this model which is a again a for-profit cap organization where the investor who puts the money in is going to get maximum uh, 100x uh, cap on top of its investment after which the money once it has been returned to the investor like in this case to microsoft in case in this in case in which the investment is actually maxed out then the ownership is still in the end of uh, OpenAI, meaning that the stake goes back the stake goes back to OpenAI LP. so that's so far what's going on uh, as for the deal we're still waiting details on whether it goes through how it goes through and all the things for now this is mostly speculation but let me focus now on the Microsoft AI strategy and how this is moving forward and why it's so interesting and uh, in how many dimensions we can explore this um, this uh, Microsoft strategy AI strategy going forward. First of all, let me clarify a little bit the business model of uh, uh, of uh, OpenAI so far. So the business model of, of OpenAI so far moves along, uh, you know, the APIs, meaning that as a business you can you can plug into the OpenAI's uh, APIs. For instance, you can go and uh, get the APIs of GPT-3 and plug GPT-3 into any tool that you're building. And therefore, you're going to be paying a consumption fee based on the APIs that you're using. So the more you're going to be using, the more you're going to be calling the, the foundational model like you know GPT-3 to actually solve the specific problems within your application. So think of, for instance, a Google Sheet powered by AI that is going to be doing specific functions each time that you do a function. It may be that this is calling back the APIs from GPT-3 and therefore for each function that is run by this tool, you're paying a consumption feedback to OpenAI. That's the way it works. But, you know, the interesting part is the whole partnership changed, I think, with the release of ChatGPT back in November 2022, because with the release of ChatGPT for the first time, it was released a tool which would be accessed by consumers 
which before didn't happen because let's remember even with the release of GPT-3 back in 2020 this was still a limited release meaning that you could access it um, through the site through the APIs but it was something that was more like B2B meaning other businesses would mostly use this instead with ChatGPT there was a completely a, a completely different shift and it's quite interesting because there was an interview with Sam Upman few days ago and he explained how he didn't expect actually all that uh, success meaning that he, he expected an order of uh, magnitude less in terms of amplification that would get ChatGPT. so they couldn't actually even open eye didn't expect that kind of success so it was crazy for them as well now why is this relevant well because now that ChatGPT is available as a free tool on the market and they might be also launching a premium version of it the whole logic is changing for the OpenAI business model where it may be moving from B2B also to a consumer perspective though of course is this tool ready for consumer application most probably not and it's not ready of course to scale to a billion users who knows if it might be ready in the coming years but you know a freemium model where you have a free version which has limited capabilities and many uh, guardrails may work well, extremely well on, um, you know, probably 100 million users. And then you got a premium version, which may work extremely well, let's say on 1 million paying members. If they can, if they can get there, it would be already an, an incredible result, but we'll see. Now, how does this fit into the partnership with uh, with Microsoft? Well, Microsoft, uh, as uh, I said, is a uh, one of the primary partners with uh, Open, OpenAI and uh, through the investment in the partnership in uh, uh, 2019, the investment of a uh, billion dollars. Actually, uh, uh, Microsoft also got exclusive commercial um, agreements um, and uh, you know exclusivity in the uh, distribution of the OpenAI products. This is critical because there are three pillars, let's say, for the Microsoft AI strategy. The first one is the supercomputer uh, infrastructure uh, strategy and this is extremely critical even if it's not about making money directly this is changing the whole structure of Microsoft and it might actually maybe the most important part to understand how the Microsoft business model may might work in the future the second element is about uh, integrations so figure out how you uh, you know infuse any of the products that Microsoft has inside the galaxy of the existing products and the third one is about creation, meaning that, you know, from the partnership from OpenAI, Microsoft new products might come up. Now, in terms of the infrastructure, so the supercomputing, so the first point, definitely the, this is to me the most important point, because as a, a cloud infrastructure like Azure, that is competing with a few large players like, for instance, Google and Amazon, being able to have an AI supercomputer in an industry that is consolidating around AI is going to be a huge critical advantage. In addition to that, those supercomputers in the future might be used for many other things and many other industries. And therefore, the cloud business that right now is transitioning toward becoming very like the enabler, the enabler of the AI industry may also become the key um, element of the overall Microsoft business model. The other interesting part is about integrations. Integrations meaning that, as Satya Nadella has already explained, Microsoft is working already at many levels to actually integrate all the OpenAI capabilities within its products. The first thing that they have done is actually the integration of the APIs uh, of uh, the OpenAI products within Microsoft Azure. So today you go on Microsoft Azure and you can find 
uh, all the key uh, products that you can find also in OpenAI, from GPT-3 to DALI, and now they're also integrating ChatGPT. As you can imagine, this is huge because for a cloud infrastructure like Azure, how do you differentiate? You differentiate with services on top of OpenAI uh, and uh, on top of AI uh, with, the, with the OpenAI products. So the more AI services you're able to provide, to whoever is building applications on top of Azure, the more cloud computing you're able to sell and the more uh, you know, you're going to be differentiated on that market and therefore you're going to get wider margins uh, in the coming years. The other element of integration is about figuring out how to make and infuse OpenAI into things like Bing, Office or perhaps all the other products that uh, Microsoft has. You know, uh, we know that uh, this is quite interesting from the office perspective because uh, office uh, you know was getting over the years i argued already in some of the pre previous episodes how you know google got much better in terms of business productivity with its free tools and how it was slowly then suddenly stealing the the whole business productivity market to to um, to microsoft over the years this was this would have been just a matter of time now with the chance to integrate ai when openai products within the office package this gets quite interesting because as you can imagine uh, we get to the point where uh, you know office might get an interesting set of products again and then on terms in terms of bing there is going to be interesting as well because bing is already uh, uh, you know, a complete search engine with an advertising ecosystem. So if you can successfully integrate AI or a chat GPT-like version for search into Bing, that would give a second chance to Bing to become successful. Of course, there is to say that, uh, you know, this is not uh, an easy task. And um, uh, of course, uh, if you're Microsoft and uh, a part of your business model is also advertising, you uh, you will do it with a lot of guardrails so you so you want to make sure that um, you know this uh, this ai um, assistant can do a lot of things but also has a lot of guardrails so it might not be the version that uh, you know the the kind of capabilities that we saw with ChatGPT. it may be a much more limited version also because it needs to link back potentially to to, to websites therefore it must it might need to have to have like an index and then on the other side it must need it to actually cite its uh, own sources. So this is the other point. Third point is about the creation of new uh, products in um, partnership between the two, the two companies. And the one product that has already been launched that has been already quite successful was GitHub Copilot. It is already quite successful tool for developers. Other potential partnership um, are you know moving in various directions. And we can imagine that, uh, again, OpenAI Microsoft might launch very specialized projects together. Now, for the Microsoft overall AI strategy, was quite interesting here behind the money and the profits that uh, Microsoft is going to get from this partnership. Well, the most interesting part is the commercial exclusivity, meaning that Microsoft is going to have the chance to distribute the the products of OpenAI as an exclusive partner. And this is quite incredible as a deal. First of all, because again, as a, a company like Microsoft that is very powerful in terms of distribution, if you're able to actually uh, distribute those products first, you actually get a huge advantage, not in terms just of a few billions, but in terms, let's say, probably 100 billions on top of um, which you can build further um, you know, business and uh, industry and so the if you were if you're microsoft right now and you close a deal where you have a commercial partnership with openai going forward 
you want to actually make sure that you can take advantage of that at various levels as quick as possible. Again, through you know the infusion of um, AI into existing products, the creation of new products, like the example of GitHub Copilot, through the strengthening of the cloud infrastructure and through the offering of all those things within the Microsoft Azure platform. So this is how the Microsoft AI strategy is looking like right now. Mm -hmm.